Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field Bucket Problem Edition. Um, we are uh, we're joined this week always by by my co-host Ryan, but, but also by our, I would say our podcast cousin, maybe even our, our podcast brother, and also our mortal enemies, uh, the boys over at the Bucket Problem, Ace Ambender, and uh, our friend Dan. Ace, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. It took right until you let off with it's it's flipping the field bucket problem edition, as if it isn't the bucket problem flipping the field edition. So that's yours to say. That's I can't say that's that's uh, I don't have a I don't have a, a bucket problem pass, so I can't uh, say. Okay, well in that case, I guess that's fair. you know we might be off to a rough start already, but it's uh, <laughs> I, we're also at we're doing this podcast for I don't know reasons that were like. I don't know. We started talking about this, I think, when Michigan had not uh, fully landed on Jim Harbaugh coming back in any way whatsoever. And now they're having landed been... on. Yeah. Generous way. Yes. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we're, <laughs> that's, that's the story and we're sticking to it. Uh, yeah. I think, I think the important thing to understand is that Michigan fully made that decision. Um, they, <laughs> we, they were the one that took him back. He was begging to come back to Ann Arbor. Um, and you know, I'm just, I'm just happy for Jim Harbaugh that, you know, he's getting to do exactly what he wanted to do all off season. Absolutely. I mean, he's a quirked up shorty. Yeah, he he's double cheeked up. He's he's uh he's just clapping his cheeks all the way back to Ann Arbor, and we're happy for him. We love that. Have we had a ruling yet on if he is quirked up? If he is, well, what, what is the Dan? You're the expert he's, on this. Where is he? At? Yeah. So Jim Harbaugh is definitively um, uh, quirked up white boy with uh, who's dripless, um, but a little bit goaded. Uh, I think that's I think that's where we've landed. Yeah. Yeah. busted down sexual style. Yeah. <laughs> I I. See that that's a tough one to answer. Um, I don't I don't think I can imagine Jim Harbaugh busting it down sexual style. Um, but <laughs> I no, I he, also he do only does that appropriate. <laughs> I also do know that my yeah Jim Harbaugh gets horny exactly one time a year um, and has a hundred percent impregnation rate. Um, he's he's got a thousand kids. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. So my dad, my dad was really excited for this crossover episode, and now um, I feel like I've ruined it already. <laughs> Wait, did your dad listen to Flipping the Field? No, he he was like he was like, oh, are those are the guys oh. that you were talking shit on on your last podcast. Was like, oh, that's cool. You're doing a yeah. He was, he's like, are do you guys really hate them? And we're like, well, I was, yeah, kind of. I, I mean, yes, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> we maintain relations yeah. for internet purposes. We're all part of the cool internet posters uh, club. Right, cool it's like a Cain and Abel situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I consider classic, you guys. Uh... It's exactly like a Cain and Abel situation <laughs> in all ways. <laughs> you're you're like I consider you like dark like you know when the Justice League fights. Um, like the dark, like version of the no. Justice League. Yeah, that's that, I consider that's you guys. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're the Spider Man, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, that works. I, I'm I'm fine with being the the dark version of of Bucket Problem. Um, so this uh, this 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 week we're going to do a little bit of everything. We're going to talk some Michigan. We're going to talk some Jim Harbaugh. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit of just rivalry stuff in general because Ryan is, of course, a big Ohio State fan. I don't actually know anything about Ohio State, and I've never uh, even disregard seen a game. This. Absolutely played. disregard this. Um, do not listen some, to what he's saying. We're right going to talk some Michigan Ohio State. We're going to talk uh, some. Maybe a little bit of Josh Gaddis, if I can, if I can convince the boys to talk Josh Gaddis with me. Um, we're just gonna have a good time. It's uh, we don't have a great, we don't have a, like a structure for this or anything. We're just gonna kind of roll with the punches here. And I, I think that there's no better place to start than by um, we can all. I, I want us all to go through and do our formal pitch for why we 
should be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, because I think that we have roughly as good a chance of it as anybody else right now. So guys, go ahead and go down the line here. Why should you be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? Well, I'm not Lovey Smith, which I think you have to count as a huge win. Um, I, I, people are saying I'm the anti Lovey Smith. Often has been has been said on the internet um, in a lot of because ways. Because you can't a lot grow of ways. beard. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, the famous thing about me, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, why would you ever want to coach the Minnesota Vikings? I don't know who wants to do that. You're just gonna like lose in a new embarrassing way every season. You're gonna be the number one nine and seven coach of all time. Uh, no thanks. No thanks. Not for me. I mean, I think I'm qualified because I'm a better coach than anybody from Lloyd Carr's coaching tree. So, you know, um, to, it's worth a shot, right? You went after Jim Harbaugh and now you go with uh, the best of, of Lloyd Carr's coaching tree. I've watched a lot of Lloyd Carr football. Do they have the trees, the, the white tree? I don't remember what they're called. They're like Bradford pears or something. The trees that smell like cum in, um, in Michigan, because that's the Lloyd Carr tree. That's just like <laughs> disgusting. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants it around. They're constantly trying to cut them down and it just won't go away. There's they're everywhere. Yeah. We don't really have In- that including- problem, but I've used the Charlie Brown Christmas tree as my okay, car coaching tree example. You guys know the countries? I don't think so. If we do, I have oh, some, man. yeah, yeah. You'd know, you would yeah, know. Yeah, I, I would hope I'd be aware. <laughs> if I've been walking around oblivious, I'm concerned for a number of reasons. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the, the fun part about the Lloyd Carr tree is it's not just the coaching tree that won't go away. Um, it's all of his players that remain around the program, uh, just being annoying, sabotaging coaches, um, never shutting up about like why, you know, this team is not as good as the 1997 team. Um, and that's awesome. That's all that they do. None of them are, are, are like any help to the program at all. Um, but I think I'm most qualified to be uh, that coach, the Minnesota Vikings, because I understand. I, I watched a lot of Mark D'Antonio, and I understand how to best utilize Kirk Cousins, which is entirely ignore the offensive side of the ball, um, and just kind of like let him figure it out. Um, so yeah, no, I think I think I can really maximize Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Unfortunately, Sean McVay's little brother has been selected for the job, so you're all mm-hmm. going to have to go back to wherever you came from. Um, I, you, you mentioned something there that I'm actually curious about because I didn't know this. Does Michigan have its own version of the Miami Mafia where it's a bunch of former players who just will not fuck off? Like no matter what, they've been gone for 40 years and they're just still hanging around. That's like everybody yeah. who went to play for Michigan. Oh, God, I, I mean, love that. I, I had no idea. I love that. There are different parts of it because you've got like, you know, the, the Bo Schembechler Mafia that's still like, that like played for him and just will not stop riding for him no matter what that included both members of Michigan's radio team that thankfully has retired. Now that really sucked last year. Um, Yeah. And then you've got like the more recent, we won a national championship or like played for a coach who won a national championship. And therefore we can cast judgment on all of the more recent Michigan teams and also whoever's coaching them. And so you get things like Braylon Edwards on Monday Night Football introducing himself as graduating from Lloyd Carr's University of Michigan. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's kind of been alleviated in the, the past uh, year because we kind of like as an olive branch um, hired Mike Hart as running backs coach. And so, beat Ohio you know, State. <laughs> and beat Ohio State. So they've, they're, they're shutting up for now, um, besides Braylon Edwards, who still will not shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a constant homecoming party, um, at Michigan and, you know, like no one will ever leave and just like leave the program to become something else, you know, 
different from what they what they you know remember it as, and uh, that's kind of the constant problem. Um, but have you guys seen the cover of Braylon Edwards' book? No. Uh, he he did like I didn't a, know he could read. <laughs> he did he he did a book with a uh, uh, former Emco plug writer uh, Tom Van Haren, uh, and uh, the like. He clearly is not on very good terms with the current football program. So the the photo on the cover is him standing outside the the uh, stadium gates when it appears to be very cold out. <laughs> so he is like bundled up in winter gear, standing outside, and like I can't remember the title of the book, but it's something about how he it's, like you know keeps it real. Yeah, it's uh, called "Doing It My Way." My life, yes. my outspoken life as a Michigan Wolverine, NFL receiver, and beyond. <laughs> it's interesting. He's uh, not any of those things anymore. So I don't really know why he's. Uh, well, he's rolling with that still. It's uh, called If I Did It. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> See, this is fun because Ryan, or because Ohio State's version of these guys, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, is that like they're all just perverts. They're all like, it's like Kirk Barton and, and you know, Braxton. Well, you have the Kirk, there, there's advocate. two distinct types of this, right? You have like the one who's just like full, like I am using my Ohio State connections to be a grifter for the rest of my life. I will never get a job. I will, this is my only thing I'll do, which is yeah. that's like Kirk Barton, it's Braxton Miller. Um, I think there's a few other guys starting to lean into this. Yeah, Cardell Jones is, of course, a major one. Uh, the assistant GM of Ohio State football or whatever with That's right, a yeah. fund yeah, from a guy who doesn't have money. I don't know. It's all very funny. Uh, <laughs> but then you have the other half of the guy, which is like, I am going to quietly retire to Dublin, Ohio and only Dublin, Ohio, no other areas in the city. Um, I will work for one of the 13,000 insurance companies that, you know, live, uh, that make their home in Columbus and become a financial analyst and make like $175,000 a year. And you won't hear from me again for 20 years until my son is a five-star prospect, uh, who also will go to Ohio state and be much better than me. And those are the two kinds of guys you can become. So it's one or the other. Um, and that's the only two, thankfully. Do you guys know about the um, the broke ash Schottenstein? Are you are you too familiar with the broke ash Schottenstein? <laughs> no, I assumed that anybody with that last name was loaded. <laughs> oh, and do you want to regale them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like you know, at a certain point, it gets a little watered down, right? I don't know. Yeah, like, a copy, uh, of a copy of a copy here. Yeah, yeah, you got to make your own money at a certain point, and I don't know, like you you can't be the guy like. If you're going to be the whole like, oh, we're competing with Texas A&M, we're getting the NIL fund going, and you're like, oh, by the way, can you guys help pay for it really fast? <laughs> I don't know. You can't really do that, right? Like, if you're going to be that guy, you have to be like an oil baron <laughs> that has that kind of yeah. money, or like Les Wexler, and you have to get that pedophile money. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think we're accepting donations from Les Wexler anymore, which is a real tragedy. Um, just not something we're, we're into at the moment. No, it's just yeah, that think- his name is on every building in the entire city. <laughs> yeah, the good news is Michigan doesn't have any problematic um, <laughs> nope. mega donors in, at or, all. Or building um, names, and definitely, but but no conf- no no confirmed. Uh, I, I look, I, I Google search uh, Stephen Ross um, uh, Epstein Black Book every, every morning to, to make sure that, <laughs> that nothing new is dropped. Uh, yeah, but so far, so far, nobody's been found on the Epstein logs. Um, but. Yeah, no, I, I feel like <laughs> what, what you guys were saying about, you know, ha- having the Texas A&M money, um, you know what, never mind. I was going to make a joke, but it, it worked better in the flow of the of the conversation, so I'm going to let it go. Yeah, it's all um, good, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I, I aborted that before it was a bad one, so. 
Um, the, you know the, the dunk contest where you just wave it off. No, no, different one. <laughs> uh, Patrick is in, a, in another chat with me where I was positively tickled yesterday to find out there was a new uh, Epstein guy who I, at least was new to me. Uh, I didn't realize that Noam Chomsky was an Epstein guy. Found that out uh, oh, no, this past no. week. Oh, really? He was on the plane? Uh, yeah, he was taking pictures before getting on the plane with uh, with Epstein's butler. He wasn't just getting on the plane. He was like documenting how much time he spent on the plane, which is the best way to do it. Yeah, they let him into the cockpit. He was flying the plane. He was yeah. <laughs> showing him around. That is, that's, that's deeply upsetting. Um, he was like posting chilling with the bestie selfies to his Instagram or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that sucks. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I feel like I went through an entire like phase in college where I was just like watch like it, you know like I, I like wasn't into politics at all and then I just like watched every like Noam Chomsky lecture um, on on YouTube and that was what my personality was for like you know my like entire <laughs> junior year. Uh-huh. So we're yeah, that to statement that. could have gone a lot of different ways before you got to the thing about watching Chomsky videos. I'm just, no, I'm just yeah. glad it landed there. <laughs> uh, you know, back in my high school days, I also was on that plane. <laughs> i'm i'm personally i only i'm only on the mike epstein plane which means that i'm a big fan of uh illinois running back mike epstein that's yes. uh that's okay all that's, right that's the name for our fan base is uh we're big mike epstein heads you're um, on the jeffrey tambor plane and i'm not going any further into that joke uh-huh. i'll just leave it right there <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I also I, I want to talk a little bit about not Noam Chomsky and, and Jeffrey Epstein. I do want to talk a little bit about our, our big friend Jim Harbaugh. Um, it, it's I've gotten the feeling from from generally just sort of seeing what you guys are saying, seeing what most Michigan fans are saying, that this is something that people are happy about. Um, I'm curious, are people less happy about this now that both of his coordinators are gone or are people still pretty, pretty thrilled about this? I mean, um, so I guess. Oh, sorry. I, I can start. Um, I think that generally, like people are still happy because having Jim Harbaugh um, is better than the alternative of hiring somebody in February. Um, probably would have been uh, a, a certain offense coordinator is no longer with us. Um, but yeah, I or mean, or not depending on his exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that there's two things. The, the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, um, was great. Uh, kind of like a wonderkind and he was probably always going back to the Ravens if not this offseason next offseason I don't think that has anything to do with what um, you know uh, Harbaugh's you know staying or going Uh, and then there's Josh Gaddis which people are I mean I would certainly rather have him still on staff I think he's a good coach I don't think he's um, I don't think he's like uh, revolutionary or anything like that but he's a good offensive coordinator did a good job last year and that part feels like it was about Harbaugh coming back. Um, I'm a little bit confused, like what the circumstances were of him leaving. Um, there's certainly some rumors, which uh, I'm, I'm disavowing. <laughs> Funny, there's and some not, rumors. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, th- and those are completely ups- unsubstantiated, which I know that the, I'm not sure what your guys' policy on completely uns- unsubstantiated <laughs> rumors are. Maybe our policy is that that's the best kind of rumor. <laughs> yeah, right. right, exactly. If they're substantiated, like, like here's the thing. The way you know something is true is if no one will substantiate it. Because yeah. if oh, it, sure. 
Exactly. Right. They, they don't want you to know um, that Josh Gaddis uh, may or may not have slept with uh, a recruit's mother. Um, but anyway, well, that's happen. the thing is every <laughs> every staff does need a coach who busted down sexual style. And as we already covered, right. if Jim Harbaugh <laughs> refuses to do so more than once a year, someone has to fill that gap. And trust me, Josh Gaddis was filling a gap from what we've heard. Brian, that's who's what, Ohio State's <laughs> busting it down sexual assistant? Is it Brian Hartline? I, I think that he has to be Brian Hartline. I think, I, think probably, I mean, I mean, this is not busting it down sexual style. Parker Fleming certainly not busted down sexual style. So I think it has to be. Right <laughs> I, I think uh, I think Larry Johnson could bust it down sexual ooh, style. Okay, yeah, he's got the yeah. he's got the uh, like that preacher style. You know, he he's sort of yeah. he's got the very colorful suit on. He's showing up at your your kid's high school and he's yeah. Saying, Larry, Larry Johnson like a couple times a year, like he'll he'll decide to like dress up like Steve Harvey for a full evening and like that's when you know. <laughs> Like, oh, damn. <laughs> he's, he's really busting it down sexual style. <laughs> got like the big cane walking around. It just shows up on the sideline. Like, purple suit on. Is he secretly a reverend? Like what? <laughs> he's not. He's not far from it, from what I have gathered. <laughs> I do want to say, Larry Johnson is like the one Ohio State coach that I still have like any kind of contact with in the last couple of years, and very great guy. Uh, big fan of his. <laughs> yeah, I actually. Um, but, uh, it's I, 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 <laughs> I met Larry Johnson. Um, I went to a Penn State football camp, uh, youth football camp, way back in middle school. Um, and uh, this was pre-Sandusky. Um, so, like, very weird to think about that now. <laughs> but anyway, I went to, I went to a Penn State football camp <laughs> back, when, um, back when Larry Johnson was uh, their defensive line coach. I met him, and he was really cool. Um, he told me I was too small to play uh, defensive line. But. <laughs> I, I hadn't hit my growth spurt yet. <laughs> he was cool and he crushed was, my was he right though? Or? <laughs> oh yeah, no, he was right. I was I was never very good at football. <laughs> he did the too sure. small motion to you for forty five minutes until you left. <laughs> <laughs> then his son came by and that's how you got into Noam Chomsky videos. That's where it all started. Oh god. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, a that's a throwback character right there. That's like a twenty seventeen guy. We need to bring him back. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Mike McDonald, what's his, I mean, what's, what's the plan with him? I don't know. Is he going to become like a college guy again? Is he like a long, he just was in here for one year going like NFL forever. Like what's, what's his whole situation? I mean, he had definitely been like kind of groomed as the next Baltimore defensive coordinator once Wink Martindale left. And then it, it sort of seemed like John Harbaugh put him out on loan to Jim <laughs> for a year or two, knowing that as soon as they got rid of Martindale, they had, a guy who would come back. And so now Michigan's just hired somebody straight off that coaching tree. So it feels like they're just going for like schematic continuity as much as they possibly can. Speaking of that new hire, I think I want to just, I'm going to mute my mic and I'm going to just let Ryan and Dan go on, uh, on the new defensive coordinator. (laughs) Fellas, fellas, what are we thinking about the new defensive coordinator of Michigan? And you can go ahead and take the floor. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think that uh, I don't know anything about him um, and I have not (laughs) watched any film. Uh, of Van- of Vanderbilt's defenses, um, he seems you know along the same coaching tree, same scheme, uh, you know Ravens wise, and he seems like that was the guy that Jim Harbaugh really wanted. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Ryan um, rebut here and uh, and slander him, and then I'll uh, probably take a personal shot at Ryan and not address <laughs> any sure. of the the things that he said, and then we'll call that a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think like uh, if you're gonna have uh, you know a job as a as a college defensive coordinator uh, at Michigan, you should probably have like one good defense first. I think just having one good defense be a reasonable standard. Um, 
he uh, he sucks, right? He's never had a good defense. <laughs> I think that's the only that's the biggest issue for him. Uh, besides that, he's great. But uh, you know, it is in the in the job of being good at defense, just not not strong at that. Um, I think as long as you don't mind that and your coordinator and you're okay with the guy who's just hanging out to get a check, then it's going to be awesome. But again, if you want him to, you know, like recruit or like coach defense or call plays, stop the team from scoring, um, get them to get fewer yards, um, create turnovers, just those things that defense does. Like I, that's just where he's going to struggle at in my opinion. I will defend his time at Georgia state. He was, it was not his fault. What happened at Georgia state? That was <laughs> That was not his problem. Come but on. other than that, I have I have. He no was there idea. for four years. When did, when's it become his problem? The program had was, just started. He, he also <laughs> wasn't, did, wasn't, wasn't he a, a Broyles Award finalist there? Yeah. yeah. And and there's yeah. never been a bad Broyles Award. He, he was award a nominee finalist or yeah, finalist. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like one of the 70 guys that got named like half of the season. Watch list. Um, Still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're hanging on to that watch list nomination. All right. <laughs> he was a honorary Sean Wade All-American, is what we'll call that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't I know. Can, I'm I, sure he, he it, it, when you hire a guy like that, like if you hire a guy that fast, uh, I mean, usually it means you had your eye on him in the first place, which is probably a good sign. Like, I'm sure he's not actually terrible, but I also don't think that there's any reason for people to like beat their chest about the hire, right? Which is a lot of what I've seen. It's just like, this is insane. Like you hired a guy who hasn't had a single top 50 mm-hmm. defense, in any Cisco category ever. Uh, I, I just wouldn't be like over the moon about that. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's I certainly don't think it's a, a home run, but like, I also think that, you know, Jim probably talked to John and John probably gave him a pretty honest accounting of what he thought of Jesse Minter before, you know, handing his brother another defensive coordinator. I imagine they want to keep decent relations between the two and the last one worked out. So, I mean, that's not yeah, the I strong, mean, like this- you know, the pipelines, the you can't keep doing this forever while like going down the Ravens defensive coaching staff, but I think a second crack at it is it, it's worth a shot right now, especially considering the timing of when this all happened, because it's not like there are a lot of coaches floating around at the moment other than NFL guys. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I mean, look, it's a lot less of a shot in the dark than, uh, than Mike McDonald was, who it was literally just like, he was like a 22 year old, like linebackers coach from the Raiders. They hired, they hired me. They made <laughs> yeah. me the DJ yeah. <laughs> and it worked really well, but I don't know why they did that. They shouldn't have hired me. Yeah. I think I think that this is look. I think one thing you can say about Harbaugh is he's generally had a pretty good eye for coaching talent. I feel like he's he's had a lot more hits than misses, and he's definitely had to hire a lot um, because uh, <laughs> people don't seem to want to stick around him that long, which is another problem. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that look. I'm not saying I don't think it's a home run hire at all, but I think that like generally, I do just the way that this was conducted and and like the speed at which he was like you know targeted and then hired. I guess I'm just kind of trusting him on this one. Um, and I'm not saying there's no way that goes badly, but you know. Yeah. I mean, it could definitely work out. I mean, no doubt about that. Like when you, when you have a guy who has a tree you're familiar with and, and Michigan's recruited the defensive side of the ball pretty well lately. Um, I mean, relatively big 10, of course. Right. Like they're not, I mean, I, I think they're going to take a step back based on some loss production. And I, I think something like a, a nine and three season with like a top 20 defense is probably a fair expectation. Uh, I did see Dan, your post about the schedule the other day. And I know it's a pretty light schedule for the most part. So, I mean, like that's, that's a good season, right? Like, I mean, keeping that up after a playoff berth, that's like a pretty reasonable expectation. And I think that seems like pretty likely to me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, like, it, it, it would be tough not to win nine or 10 games. So, um, yeah, I be I think that look, it's hard for them not to take a step back defensively given like losing two top 10 edge rushers in the NFL draft. Um, we'll see. I mean, like I, 
I, they have recruited well. They've not recruited maybe as well as they should on the defensive line. Um, a lot of those like late Don Brown classes are going to be coming, uh, kind of coming around to bite them the ne- this next year. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. A lot of guys are going to have to step up if they want to like maintain that level of defense. Um, I think the offense could be a lot better. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think um, I don't expect them to like win the Big Ten again next year. I think Ohio State's pretty clearly the best team in the league. Um, but yeah, 10, 10 wins would be great. And that pretty much keeps the momentum going and you can, you know, continue to sell that. Well, since we agreed easily enough, let's get into some conflict here. What's up with that? Like little four foot two, uh, fake 24 seven guy who was uh, tweeting at me all day. Uh, the other day. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking about blueprint J? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a job, right? He's, he's unemployed or something. No, What's his deal? I, I mean, if he's a two four seven insider, I do not, I, I, he does not post at all to, um, to uh, the Michigan 24-7 site. Um, I don't know what his deal is. I know that he basically tweets only cryptic things, like eyeball emojis all the time, and he gets retweeted onto my timeline. Um, I don't... He's the J-Book of Michigan, basically? Yeah, it sounds a little J-Book. I I don't know. J-Book has... um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that that's probably probably a, probably an apt comparison. Um, I don't know too much about him. I I always get him confused with Don Thomas, who's another Michigan uh, uh, Twitter personality. I don't know who him claims yeah he claims to be friends with like his his big thing is defending Shea Patterson like to this day um, as like <laughs> that's that's, that's a big cause. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 uh he he's uh he like I'm trying to think if there's like I wonder if there's any like Ohio State guys out there who are still like big Stephen Collier heads. Like, do you think those guys are still around anywhere? Yeah, I am. It's me. I'm I'm a huge <laughs> Stephen Collier. I mean, there are JT Barrett guys, and that's essentially the same thing. So, yeah, oh like, come on, no, they're like <laughs> that's not Jackson guys. That's what I want. Wow, to hear. J, J, JT Barrett is Ohio State Shea Patterson. You heard it here first. That's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's come on, Patrick. I am like one of the top JT Barrett haters on the entire internet, and I that is even low for me. Ace, there are in fact Stanley Jackson guys. They're just all subscribed to my newspaper. That's it. Like it's, it's exclusively guys who read my newspaper. They're all huge. We just had a guy who sent in a letter um, announcing that he he thinks Cornelius Green is the best quarterback in program history. Let's Cornelius, go. Cornelius Green played in like the early seventies and never passed the ball. Um, and we have to love that. We we love that for them of that form of fan. And I think what I what I really love most is is both fan bases still having a place for guys like that. Just old guys who don't know anything about football at all. And just oh like- yeah, guys who come on the message board are like, you know, I'm old enough to remember when Jack Tatum was still out there roaming the field. And I'll tell you, these guys can't play like him anymore. Yes. And it's like, man, yeah. The, the <laughs> cool thing about 1939. Yeah. yeah, man, that's crazy. The cool thing about yeah. Michigan's commenters who do this is you actually have to take them seriously because who is the best quarterback in Michigan history? Is it Chad Henney? I, I don't know. Uh, do you, do you like, know what? But you know like what Rick Michigan... Leach, like legitimately has an argument. <laughs> yeah, there's it, the fun part about being a Michigan fan is that um, we had the actual greatest quarterback of all time, and he basically played at like a third team All Big Ten level. Um, so <laughs> we like, put him in a quarterback like controversy. Good. Yeah, like it's it's been it's been a rough go of it. It's 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 honestly impressive. Michigan's won as much as they have without having literally any good quarterbacks in the past, like like since literally the guy that is now like the head coach was probably their best like dynamic quarterback. Um, I guess Chad Henney, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, I am um, friend of the podcast whom we love dearly, Seth Fisher, who runs, who uh, basically runs MGO block now um, is constantly comparing like 
current like four star recruits to like guys that played in in like the the eighties and nineties, and it's ama- unironically amazing every time. He's like, yeah, this guy gives me like really like you know I don't know some guy that played in the eighties strong like, Veda Murray vibes, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like that. Uh, so I, you, you said basically runs it. Why don't, why don't you get a little bit into the internal politics and go blog for me? Dan? What do you know? <laughs> I'm logging off. Catch you guys later. No, yeah, we can't we can't do that. Yeah, we. Have, <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not, I can't even start to get into that right now. Um, Yeah, no, I think, I think it's important to know that MGO blogs uh, good and we like it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's for the Patreon. That's the special episode. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like it's, it's, it's very funny to like, there's some positions where I I mean, like Ohio state fans are just still upset guys who play. Like, it's very funny to like be a school that had, you know, Darren Lee, Jerome Baker, Raycon McMillan, and Ryan Chazier in the last like six years. And before that it was like, you know, AJ Hawk and uh, you know, all these, you know, James Ornitis. And you're still talking about like Tom Gratishar for some reason for the 1970s. And Tough uh, Borland, like, man. Why are you leaving him out? Of yeah, course, of course, Tough I, Borland. Yeah. I, our he, king. Was, he was the best throwback to that era. I don't know why more people didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. He had uh, admittedly <laughs> incredibly funny that Isaiah Prince is going to start in a Super Bowl at left tackle or right tackle for for a team that really very well may win. <laughs> that does rock. We do love that. We we love guys who are uh, like sort of it kind of like a Tom Brady thing where they were just sort of okay in college, managed to to carve out a, a thing in the NFL. But unlike Brady, they don't ever become good. They just stay bad, but still have like a 10 year career. That's the best form of guy is guy who no fan base has ever liked. Just like, well, well, he's there. Sure enough. He he's there and he's, he's sticking around. And that's, uh, I think that's really the kind of guy that we, Ryan and I model our podcast after is we've, we've never yeah, been not good, being good. We never will be no, we will, <laughs> just, just going to be yeah. there. It's kind, all kind of a, there. Would you say like kind of a, a Ben Roethlisberger type podcast? Absolutely. Uh, is, is fair to say. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. We have a lot of similarities to Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the decline phase cool, of this podcast is going to be brutal. <laughs> Yeah, if we, uh, Patrick, are we going to take some, maybe you and I schedule a photo shoot together to like replicate those pictures he took on the motorcycle and yes. Finley? You know what yes. I'm talking about? We're going to do uh, everything that he did with that motorcycle. We're going to <laughs> completely replicate every every relationship that he had with that motorcycle, especially in like the early 2000s. And we're just going to see who can survive it. This is flipping the field, Jackass. Welcome to Jackass. It's amazing. God so, damn it. I, I, I do want to take the temperature here on you. You mentioned quarterbacks. I want to take the temperature on the new offensive coordinator situation and also on the quarterback situation at Michigan, because it seems like both are kind of strange right now. Like you just had a quarterback take you to the playoff, but I, I think understandably a lot of people aren't super pleased with how he is just as a player. And also now promoting the quarterbacks coach and, and I think somebody else to co-offensive coordinator roles, you know, who were, responsible for that quarterback what is the feeling right now around Cade McNamara around the Michigan offense you, you said you think it's going to get better um what is the what, what's the thinking here right now I mean I think the thinking is that like Cade McNamara is the absolute floor and sure. he was good enough to get Michigan to the playoff last year albeit not you know because of his arm um but I think most feet. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't his legs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I I mean, like he was, I think he was a little bit underrated in that uh, a lot of the praise that went to the offensive line for being really good at pass blocking was in large part because McNamara was like really good at just getting the ball out that that's in part because he was checking it down a ton, but he did like keep the offense moving and maybe cover up for, you know, 
not a bad pass blocking line by any means, but a pass blocking line that probably wasn't like top five in the country. Like it ended up being ranked in, in sack percentage. Um, sacks are quarterback stat. Uh, but the upside is so big with JJ McCarthy and like his ability to like, especially if Michigan needs a little bit more play creation next year, because the defense may not be quite as good. Uh, you do lose Hassan Haskins ability to just get five yards. Absolutely. No matter what, um, I think uh, that big playability and also just a desire that like, if it's anywhere close, you do not want the five-star future of your program to transfer. Uh, I, I think that edge would go to McCarthy, but, um, and also you've got a guy who coached Lamar Jackson in the NFL. So as Patrick alluded to some of the coaching staff moves may also factor in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that the main thing that Cade McNamara does uh, well is never, ever have any kind of negative play. He's really good at throwing the ball away and checking the ball down, which under like um, I think is a really underrated uh, ability because a lot of college linebackers really, really stink. And when they have to uh, tackle a running back who's getting the ball on a check down, um, that's usually like seven yards. And no, like college quarterbacks hate checking the ball down. Um, and Cade McNamara loves doing it. Um, and it, it worked pretty well against most defenses. Um, he, we used to say that he like, doesn't really throw picks. He threw kind of a lot of picks at the end of the year there and it ended <laughs> yeah. up with sort of a, a you know, a, a bad ratio. Um, I, and, and so I say all that to say that, like, I don't really think Cade McNamara is a particularly good quarterback. I think he's not like actively hurting your team, which basically makes him like a top 20 quarterback in college football, because most college football quarterbacks stink. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's the floor. And I think that JJ McCarthy is like, I really just think he's got all the talent in the world. He's really good at throwing off platform. He's really fast. Um, he's got the arm, make all the throws, uh, seems like a kid that, you know, it's like a really, like really likes Michigan for some reason, um, wants to just be, you know, be at Michigan and like be on the team no matter what. Um, so I I'm hoping he, he wins the job. Um, as far as like why I think the offense is going to be a lot better, you're basically returning all your <clears throat> all your receivers, um, Corum and and uh, Corum and uh, oh my God Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards um, and uh, most of your offensive line, which is very good last year. You get um, Ronnie Bell you know, back from injury. Yeah, Ronnie Bell coming back from injury as well. Um, the receivers were very, you know, I thought very good last year. Just didn't get a lot of a ton of opportunities because um, when Michigan can run the ball on a team, they do that and they don't ever throw the ball. So like the stats are just never going to be there. You know, like the most receiving yards uh, a, a Michigan wide receivers allowed to have is like 700 on the season. Um, so yeah. And they and love I mean, they, they love that. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it's really good. I'm sure that it's going to work out really well that we have like six returning receivers and, and they each get like one target per game. Um, but anyway, and then as, as far as like the, the coordinators, um, I'm not overly worried about losing Gaddis. I think you're basically doing a continuity thing with um, promoting Matt Weiss and Sharon Moore. Um, and it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much like RPO versus, um, you know, Harbaugh offense it is. The run game being very diverse was kind of like a, is a Harbaugh staple and was something they did last year. Um, not as many RPOs. Uh, there was a little bit of like a lot of, you know, like perimeter stuff and like, you know, swing screens and all that. Um, but we'll see, you know, if, if that changes a little bit with more of like a, a Ravens guy, um, it, it could go badly to be clear because <laughs> when Harbaugh has been allowed to run his <clears throat> like run his own offense um, it's, 
not necessarily always been bad, but it's definitely always been like tight end heavy, which I generally don't like. Um, that's kind yeah, of like a, slow. you know, yeah, slow and like just not utilizing like the easy stuff that basically every college defense gives you. So um, I don't know, on paper, it should be good, but you know, uh, it's fair to question because Harbaugh has never had like an elite offense at Michigan. So. I do think that Ohio State hiring the pass defense uh, defensive coordinator, like the guy who is supposed to fix the pass defense, and then Michigan immediately rolling out three tight ends in Columbus is very funny to imagine. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it would, I don't know if it would work in quite the way that it did in 2021, just because I think Ohio State's defensive baseline is probably going to be higher than it was in 2021. But it would just be, it's a very funny sort of like, no matter what you do, you lose kind of thing where, you know, Josh Gaddis leaves and Michigan completely goes back to what it was doing before. And now Ohio state's just fucked again in a different way. Like, it'd be- yeah, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't describe Jim Knowles like the past defense guy at all. That would be like if they hired Matt Barnes or something. Well, no, but his like, his express written goal essentially is to fix the past. I mean, he's got fucking five people working in the secondary exclusively. Like his goal is to fix the past defense. I don't think they're, I don't think they're super worried about the run defense as, as a, as a significant issue, even if they probably should be. Yeah, um, and, and as I understand it, uh, he's from the big 12, which only uh, passes yeah, the ball. And so right, yeah, right, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. watched any football since uh, 2012, <laughs> roughly. So my God, yeah. I can't tell you, I don't know if like some of these people just now follow me because of my interactions with you or what this is, but I can't tell you how many just absolutely cretinous Michigan fans have been uh, replying that exact sentiment, but unironically to me for the last like two days, uh, just the deeply disease. I don't know, man, you guys get one win in the series. You turn into buck nuts posters overnight. It's, it's unbelievable to watch <laughs> yeah Only a i mean faction. <laughs> true true look i mean here's the thing like we haven't been able i don't even like follow any it, I, I don't know if you've heard of this but um my twitter is mostly dedicated to interacting with and uh, uh arguing with michigan state fans um, yeah I can and tell. that's <laughs> yeah and and that's because uh we couldn't like I, I didn't even follow any ohio state fans until very recently um, because it's like, it was no fun. Like there was no shit to be talked. Um, you know, it was just so com- a comprehensive domination of a rivalry. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like now that we like have finally won one, you know, of course there's going to be people, um, yeah, you gotta get it off your chest. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I mean, it's, I'm sorry if that makes you very mad online. Um, no, no. I'm sorry I mean, if I, you guys, I, <laughs> you guys spread my both- both in the literal and metaphorical sense, you guys were like the kids who went to college and never had sex, just went absolutely nuts with it uh, <laughs> your freshman year, right? I mean, that it was just, uh, and you got to get it out of your system. And, and you know, is it going to look great in another year or two? No, probably not. It's going to have some long-term consequences. All of our Ryan Day posts are going to stand up. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> well, you're not going to get me to defend Ryan Day in this podcast. He is, uh, he is on notice and will remain on notice for a long time to come. We stand uh, by our, a, we, we stand by our Ryan Day takes. I think, if it, it, despite despite an off season of beating some allegations, I stand by my Ryan Day takes. He he beat some allegations, but I mean, like, I don't know. I have uh, in the moment, of course, you get hyped up. The Jim Knowles hire is excellent, right? You get pumped about that. Perry Aliano, you really can't get a better secondary hire than that. Uh, but then you still look at it and it's like, okay, well, he's still running out with four defensive coaches. He still has that, you know, absolutely idiotic little Italian leprechaun running his strength conditioning staff. Uh, just not going to end well. Just uh, there's still some problems that he's not addressing. And I, I think I'm excited, but I don't think it's going to go from like losing to Michigan to winning the national championship. It's just going to go back to like making the playoff and winning the big 10, which is, yeah, it's, it's whatever. Like it's fine, but it's not, doesn't do anything for me. Is urban son-in-law still on the staff? Yes. He's still there. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> as long as there's an urban Meyer, like 
connection. Uh, that's I've almost all I come need. around on that one where I'm kind of like, I don't know. He, he clearly wants to have like a crony to just do the quarterback recruiting for him. Most of the time he has to do the day-to-day stuff. Basically it's his thought. It's like, I don't want to actually text the teens all day. I just want to hop on the call once a week. And uh, if you're going to do that, then I guess, yeah, you, I mean, he's as replaceable as anybody else, right? It just it doesn't matter who that guy is. It could be you. Like it, it's the same. It's the same guy. It yeah, is so, very... Sorry, go so, ahead. So like, oh no, I was just going to say like, I uh, I feel like Ryan Day like is a, a very good coach. I mean, I think even we've even seen uh-huh. like very good coaches um, make pretty pretty disastrous dis- decisions in terms of like their supporting coaching staff, which uh, Kerry Com- Coombs pretty clearly was. So I mean, I don't know. Do, like, do, do you feel like like allowing that defense to be coached by Kerry Coombs is like an indictment of him as a coach on the whole? No, no, no. I mean, I th- I think I think the problem to me is. Like the, the biggest problem with any single coach is generally getting blown out as an indictment of your quality as a coach. Like like getting blown out repeatedly is just something you can't really allow to happen as a coach at a program. Like when you have that much talent, uh, losing that badly is kind of a sign that it's not going to work out like most of the time. Like even for all these guys who, who have assembled talent but um, don't get it to the mountaintop. Like for example, Kirby Smart. Like I, I don't think – I mean has Kirby Smart been blown out in a game like at Georgia – uh, I mean, I, I don't recall a ton off the top of my head. I'm sure they happen. I'm missing one or two, Maybe but like LS, getting blown. LSU 2019, did they get in the uh, sure. game? But I mean, that yeah. was, that was an all-time team. I, I yeah. you can't really even, you know. Sure. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know. Like I, the way he just showed up totally unprepared to play against Michigan this past year, against Oregon in week two, against Alabama, the national championship, those three games, just a short period of time, just not answering the bell at all. Um, totally freezing up the Alabama game, totally freezing up against Clemson in 2019 in the playoff. Uh, the moment's been too big for him, like a little too often for me now. And I think he's responding to some of the coaching problems he made and like correcting those mistakes. And that will help. That's a huge deal. And it's very likely he just won't be in those problems as often because of the coaching changes he's made. But you also still, you're going to encounter that moment, right? Like you're not going to, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to win a championship, you have to beat Nick Saban at some point uh, in all likelihood. And you're not going to do that if you're still pissing down your leg every time you ha- enter a tough situation. And that's basically what he's done as a coach for his entire career so far. Can a coach who stands the way Ryan Day stands be elite? <laughs> he, he's soft. Look, we're all willing to say it. I don't know. Ryan Day hasn't touched a weight in his life. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't trust the man who can't squat, you know, uh, who squats that little. So you've been coach. you've been won over by Jim Harbaugh's uh, um, recruitment videos. Photos <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, you're, you're ready is... to come out and play, play for on. Michigan and Glick Let's get into this here. <laughs> this, is, this is where me, this is where me and Dan really get into our prime. This episode, Jim Harbaugh is a close stance squatter, which is almost worse than uh, not squatting at all. Uh, just despicable to see. Uh, look, he's he's got a narrow frame because um, <laughs> he's an athlete. Um, Ryan, I'm, I I think uh, Ryan and I both have wider frames, so we can squat correctly. Um, but you can't you can't blame that on Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah, no. Um, I uh, I I'm not sure where I'm supposed to go with this, but I do squat a lot um, more than Ryan. I would say. <laughs> oh, oh, that's where it was supposed to go. <laughs> okay, let's uh, we'll we'll be proving this on the field, as they say. 
at some point in time, Dan. I think I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll tease this at a later date. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, and, Ryan and Dan plan to get married, and they're going to move in together and start. <laughs> yeah, me and Dan are going to use these podcasts to launch our uh, you know Instagram uh, coaching business. We're going to teach people how to lift weights correctly. Uh, <laughs> You're going to be to get my CEO mindset, CEO grind mindset. Oh yeah. Our teachable course is coming any day now. Just, <laughs> just keep a lookout for that. You guys um, are coming after the guy who trained Keontae Goodwin. That's going to be your job is that you're going to be the guy who trains Keontae Goodwin. You're just like, you got, oh, wait, do they know about him? Do you guys know about oh, Chris? God. No, I don't. Oh my God. I, I, oh, I did dude. follow Keontae Goodwin pretty closely because uh, Michigan state was convinced they were going to pull him out of Kentucky. And um, that was a pretty good meltdown when they didn't. Um, they're they're <laughs> so, convinced it's being held against his will. Oh yeah. So his, his trainer is a guy. And by the way, just also the captain good recruitment, very funny that he was that agonized over his decision. Like went back and forth for that many months. And then he gets to Kentucky and like two weeks later, his coach leaves in the middle of the night uh, to go to Alabama. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for him, but that, that's uh, it's pretty funny too, I guess. The Eric Wolford, did you guys read the Eric Wolford story? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he like, he left like in the middle of, he like literally left he went to go recruit for Kentucky and then just left and never came back. Oh yeah. Not even that. While he was still getting paid by Kentucky, he started recruiting that same kid to go to Alabama. He went down uh, the street to go there and <laughs> grab some cigarettes. And all of a sudden, yeah, he's like the kid at Halloween. Loser. He like changes his mask and comes back to the front door again to get more candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Keontae Goodwin's trainer is a guy named Chris Vons in Louisville uh, who runs Aspirations Gym, I believe is the name of it. He's, he's been around for a long time. I've known of him since like 2014, I think. Uh, he's trained uh, a, a lot of dudes. And there's a weird coincidence where a lot of them make very drastic body changes and become very jacked, no matter what uh, you know previous height or weight they were. Um, he's Keonta Goodwin's, I believe, legal guardian as well, which is interesting. Uh, Always Keonta a good was living, Yeah, that, that was that seems like a, like a for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny to me. Someone's like to take someone in and like not even give them like a home. Just like he's like, no, you can stay in the gym. <laughs> no, yeah, there's like, a mat like, beneath the squat rack. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's like you know the blind side where it's like, wow, well, I've never had my own bed. It's like, well, you still don't. You can you can yeah. sleep on the squat <laughs> rack. Oh, that's, that's the poodle bed. You're gonna have to sleep on the floor. Yeah. But yeah, it's, he's like asking it. like it's his first night there. He's asking what's for dinner. He's like, well, protein bars are one twenty five. You can pay for those at the front desk. <laughs> 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 um no but uh yeah i mean he takes his kids around on bus tours i know a lot or like basically just car tours like he just drives a van and takes them around to that and uh he he uh you know his he, in ohio state's football camps at least whenever whenever the recruits are leaving there's like an area like a tree they often walk by so all the reporters huddle there to interview everybody and uh one of the kids one of the two kids he brought that year was getting interviewed and he told the other one, he was like, go do push-ups in the background. He was like making him get in the background of the videos doing push-ups on the sidewalk. Uh, so, <laughs> so everyone yeah, could see how hard they were working. Uh, he did the same. And like another hour later, I saw him tweet out a video where they were going to McDonald's for lunch. And he was like, all right, before you can eat your food, you got to do push-ups. You got to do push-ups in the, in the parking lot right here before your nuggets. <laughs> Just That's I think does this all day. <laughs> yeah, all the kids have some classic uh, signs of steroid use, allegedly. Have some allegedly. signs of steroid Parody. use. Parody. He listens uh, to every podcast on earth. So he probably, he, he knows about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been making I, these claims pretty loudly for a few years. You must've heard me say this shit. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's, that's one of the funny things when I first started like following recruiting, which is a thing you shouldn't do. It's, no. it's gross and, uh, yeah. and deep, deep, deeply sick. Um, mm -hmm. But 
I, I when I first started following recruiting when I was like you know I don't know thirteen or whatever, um, I would be like. It would be like, oh yeah, like you know, his him and his like trainer are coming, and like they have to win over the trainer. And I'm like, what the fuck are like, what is this? Like, what are you talking about? They have like, <laughs> they have like a, a guy. They have like their parent. I'm like, well, at first I was like, well, are these guys all adopted? And then it was like, no, they have parents. They just also have like this other like male, usually male figure that you also have to somehow win over. And it was like a long time before I realized, I'm like, oh, that's like the bag man and like the the weird like trainers and like guys that are you know trying to get their their cut of whatever you know sure deal um very sick world uh, ryan or- N- naji harris's bag is very funny like I, I met that guy a couple times and he's still around which is even better to be like an active bagman in the nil era like you know if you're still <laughs> getting some checks off these guys you have some juice like you you're really good at what you do yeah. if you're still getting a cut when they can just legally make money thanks for um, picking an example that definitely didn't cut to the heart of everybody listening <laughs> to our feed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well and also you, you're good to know that that guy will still be in your life a little bit because uh Josh Gaddis, uh, or he posted a picture with Josh Gaddis coming to visit him. Uh, like the day he got the job, uh, I believe from Miami and Cristobal did the same thing. Uh, kind of funny. I don't know. He's, he's oh, just yeah. a character. Cristobal just, he's that. just in it for the love of the game. He like, he doesn't even need to be paying these guys anymore. He just likes to do it. He thinks it's cool. Oh, sure. Yeah. You got um, And speaking of falling recruiting at an early age, Dan could not agree more. Another, another example of just our childhood slash brains being completely linked here because, uh, the, my high school was like a football factory, uh, which is part of the reason why I did not play in high school. It's just absolutely no chance I was going to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had uh, we had Justin King, if you guys remember, was a five star in the Penn State. God damn it, uh, man. I, was, like, <laughs> I do remember <laughs> what was just I didn't know the story. Is he like, was he a Michigan recruit or something? Was he yeah, the, Michigan thought they were going to Michigan was. Why? He's going. a Penn State legacy. He was. Um, don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, anyway, I, I don't know. I, I, saw... I don't know why Michigan never thought that we'd get a five star anybody uh, in the Lloyd Carr era. That's funny. At least yeah. late in it, but uh, or at least not like the Sam McGuffey version. Oh, you know what? Uh, it might have been. He might have been the first Rich Rod recruiting class because mm. Rich Rod, you know, had that been WU, obviously. Yeah, that could have been why. Okay. And Rich Rod had also recruited Morty Ivy from my high school. I went to Gateway High School in Pittsburgh, and uh, Morty Ivy played for Rich Rod at WVU, and Justin King came like two years later after Morty. So that could have been it. Uh, that could have been why. Uh, also, Morty Ivy, the very rare uh, quarterback-linebacker combo, played both ways. Loved yeah. that in high school. Was was really big on that. The yeah, Ferramontes. Nobody exactly. else gets exactly. that. Um. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, this is another this is another like parallel um, between our two podcasts. Is like, you know, Ryan went uh, went to high school at a football factory that he never played at, um, and uh, I went to high school at a former football factory um, in the '90s that I also never played at. Um, but you know, that's like kind of like a Michigan Ohio State parallels, um, as well as parallels between our podcasts. Very, very eerie stuff going on here. <laughs> Ace, please tell me that your high school ran the triple. It is critical that your high school ran the triple. <laughs> no, uh, no, we, we, uh, ran something, we ran something much dumber than the triple, um, at least when they were winning titles in the 90s. It was literally just like an all fullback offense. Um, uh, <laughs> that is you sexy. Ever heard the that's name, deeply sexy. Yeah, you ever heard the name Dustin Picotti? Um, that's no. probably not, but he was like, he was a big recruit back then, and he was like just uh, super roided up. Um, fullback. Let's go like top hundred prospect in, in as uh, according to like, you know, scout or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, um, it's a, 
high school i feel like pennsylvania ohio high school football are kind of like similar uh similar cultures pioneer yeah. didn't run the triple but they did have uh if you guys remember drake johnson who was like a rotational running back from yeah Michigan. very good player um they would just uh <laughs> they would just snap they just ran like the permanent wildcat uh they would just snap it directly to him and have him run left or right and which was hilarious because he was he was like a uh like 400 meter hurdles star or something like he he was like more of a long distance track guy and uh like very good in a straight line that basically had to stop to cut when he was in high school so having him be the whole offense was really comical it's it just like how fast could he run in a straight line before like three kids from dexter eventually dragged him down from behind uh and I watched a whole playoff game of him doing that and ran for like 350 yards with like four fumbles. Really bizarre high school experience. <laughs> but nobody nobody Man. here cares about high school football. So there No, no, I would say we should keep talking about watching. our high school's football games that we didn't play in because people <laughs> love this kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have like it's like I don't even have like uh like old like you know the, the glory day stories. I'm like, yeah, dude, the guys the guys ahead of me were so sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was crazy in the blue. It was so cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. We we were turned up. Oh yeah, it went, it went nuts. Uh, well, my our high school football's coach was Terry Smith, who is now the recruiting coordinator and DB coach at Penn State. Uh, and uh, I got a nice early glimpse of recruiting when I was in high school still, because Terry was bringing guys in from all over Pittsburgh to come play at our public high school, uh, which you've got to love. He he's That's like wrong. the uh, the Jermaine Crowell of Pittsburgh, as I guess I'd add. <laughs> Another guy you guys are very fond of, I know. We, we really need to bring back bus tour guys. We need to bring back coaches who drive their, their kids all around the country. I think that's what the Midwest is missing in recruiting is that like Ted Ginn senior. Oh not yeah. Doing that anymore. That's, there needs to yeah. be, there needs to be more crazy guys who like are high school head coaches that just drive 800 kids to every school in the country. It's cool. Yeah. It's one of the best things you can do. <laughs> my, uh, my like uh, high school coach offered to do like a bus tour for, uh, or like plan to do a bus tour for our team. Um, and it was like, first of all, like very outdated, you know, this was in like the teens. So uh, it was like already you could just get recruited like, you know, it, online or whatever. Um, but it was, it, we like didn't have any D1 players. And uh, it was just like, it was like, oh yeah, we're going to like tour like East Stroudsburg. And um, I don't even, I, I can't even remember any of this, but yeah. We're going schools, to, we're going to Notre like Dame that. college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, That's anyway, great. Uh, Ryan, um, are, are we are we at liberty real quick? Just just before we transition out of this, are we at liberty to talk about the Terrell Pryor uh, handler story at all? Oh, um, not on the air, but after the recording, ends, we certainly can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that guy's still. I'm gonna hold on. Actually, let me do a quick Google and see if he's still alive or not. Okay, uh, good. That's always a good check. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, he is dead. Okay, <laughs> I still well, probably prefer to tell the story off the air. Okay. This is not one I feel. Uh, uh... <laughs> this, is, this is a grave recruiting. Very funny to, to find out to to find out to announce that he's dead on the air, but then have to still. <laughs> Look, you don't you don't know when his ghost is going to come back and haunt both of our. Right, bodies. I think he might have like the Egyptian mummy situation where he was buried with the shooters, and they can still come after me at any point in time. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get to the afterlife and get held up by the mob, you know? Uh. <laughs> That's a pretty good introduction to the story. I think that if people get the idea yeah. just on that. Uh. I mean, Michigan fans were shockingly convinced that they were going to get Terrell Pryor when he continued to extend his recruitment 
significantly beyond signing day. <laughs> it was like, well, there's nothing weird going a, on here. Michigan's totally no. going to pull this off. <laughs> I, I can tell the story right now if you want. If you just want to cut it out later, we can we can just keep your reactions in the podcast and, and do it that way. We, we can uh, do a little interlude fans. music over it. Yeah, cool. So, um... going breaking bad mode where he's just entirely out of his out of oh his and it's so depth. funny because it's like, it's like i just no i sense. wish we could yeah. go back to and he was doing it to like get three-star guys from youngstown or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny that like jim that jim bowman was doing this because i primarily know jim bowman for from being like just the absolute deadest weight of all time <laughs> on, the, on the late era d'antonio uh re- recruiting like like red senior message board guys would be like um be like is this guy ever out like he never does anything he had a twitter account <laughs> that was like one tweet and it um and then and then you looked at the likes and he had liked all of these like um like strip club uh like tweets like, <laughs> i don't know like I, I i'm not making this up it literally was it was like he had a, he had a he had a tw- it was a twitter and like the 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 head the header was like just a generic like michigan state you know and then it was like no tweets and then one like was like just some like naked girl um, we, could, we call and, that yeah, the dentist died baby <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his account now and uh, it's still, even though he's retired, it still has all the Michigan State gear on it. Even though he was like, you know, forced out of Michigan State, he still has all of the uh, the Michigan <laughs> yeah, State stuff was... on here, and has six likes total. And, Jim, uh, Jim Bowman yeah. has not used a computer since he retired from. No chance. I mean, he might have never used a computer. There's a decent chance that they had to print everything out for him, and then he would just look at it on there. <laughs> he handcrafted Which, um, his one tweet. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of offensive coordinators who suck and uh, aren't really worth their money, let's talk about Josh Gaddis going to uh, going to Miami. Um, <laughs> so tell me a bit about those guys. What are your, what are your feelings? What are your emotions right now? Tell me about tell me about where you're at mentally. I thought it was revealing uh, that he sent a really childish text message to like apparently everyone on the team, um, basically saying that he was thrown under the bus by administration and. It was like all this, like, you got to watch your back in this business kind of a thing. And it was just like, man, like, even if, even if that's how it went down, like, either this man, like, like he was sending like the, the, the tweets that with like the future captions everyone was doing last year, like the, you know, even though it's new year's, I'm still thinking about my new year with you. And like, uh, just sending that to the (laughs) Bruce. I mean, like, it's just like, no matter what, it's going to be such a bad look. Cause like, obviously you're not going to put this in a statement because he would never put this in a statement, but by sending it to, I don't know, uh, 110 college students, you have guaranteed that it's going to get leaked. Uh, and you have to know <laughs> that. So yeah. it, it, it just was like, this seemed poorly thought out. Uh, it was not like the most mature, well put together message on the way out. And I mean, it's like, I'm pretty sure that Michigan had some assurances to Jim Harbaugh that his uh, assistant coaching pool would be uh, more lucrative than it had been in the past. And for Michigan to just like be like, all right, I, th- I think we pissed off Josh Gaddis. He can go. 
um, tells me that they were at least pretty confident that they can replicate what they had under him without having to uh, deal with some potential strife in there. Yeah. So, I mean, the story of Josh Gaddis at Michigan kind of, um, you know, 2019 was like the most loaded offense in terms of NFL talent that, you know, we had basically ever had um, the entire offensive line is like all NFL starters. Now I think uh, I'm, maybe one of them isn't, but you know, or one of them is about to get drafted, whatever. It doesn't matter, but they're all NFL players, um, you know, two NFL receivers and probably more when it's all said and done. Um, and then, you know, Hassan Haskins and, uh, Zach Charbonnet, who, you know, went on to have a, a great year at, um, at, uh, UCLA. Um, and that offense uh, largely stunk for most of the year until it turned it on against Notre Dame and he turned it on against Notre Dame basically by like doing a whole bunch of Harbaugh shit, like having a, a very diverse run game and kind of like focusing on that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then 2020 was a mess. I don't necessarily blame that on him because, you know, the whole season was kind of a farce, but definitely wasn't good. Um, and then, you know, 2021, obviously the offense was, was good. Um, and I thought he did a good job, but I, I don't look, he got put up for the Broyles award for by Michigan and won it. Um, despite the fact that I don't think he was the best coordinator on staff, um, yep. you know, certainly not. And, yeah. Yeah. And to then go and do, you know, what he did kind of speaks a little like, I don't know. It seemed it was, it was, he was being very openly petty. Um, and I totally understand like going for, he, he I think he got like a 50% pay raise, which like, absolutely, you know, do it. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't blame him for that. But um, I also like, I mean, seems- serious question though. Like, let, sorry to cut you off, Dan, but like, let alone being like the best, was he the best creator on staff? Was he the best, was he like the second best coordinator in the state of Michigan or sorry, second best offensive coordinator in the state of Michigan. Like, I, I don't know that he was. Like, I think the, the guys at Michigan State and Western Michigan might be better offensive coordinators than he was this past year. Yeah, I, I don't know about Jay Johnson, um, <laughs> but definitely the Western Michigan guy. I'm not a huge Jay Johnson fan, um, but Chuck uh, it up. not just because he's from Michigan State. I'm just, like, not necessarily, like, all the way sold on his system. But, yeah, no, I think – I mean, look, I, I agree. Like, I don't – I think he was, like, a pretty passable, like, you know – He's doing all the RPO shit that everyone was doing like three years ago that still kind of works. Um, and Michigan has good enough talent to make that work. Um, and then you add in like the hardball run game stuff and it was a it was a good offense. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm all that worried, but I've been wrong about this before, to be clear. Like Michigan has lost guys before that had a, a To be clear, our podcast I, has never been right about yeah, it. Yeah, we've been wrong about a lot of things uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> I know you guys, you guys wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds Correct, awful. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about that. I, I also just in that same vein, I cannot let slide this um, Western Michigan propaganda. That was the worst offense of the directionals this last season. <laughs> oh, you were ready to kiss all the little tokens before the season started. You were yeah, slobbering it, over Western Michigan. And then they you were made, telling me Kaylin, Kaylin Ellerby was like a first-round NFL quarterback. You were saying some absurd things I about was, Western that, Michigan. That, that is season. a Graham Couch statement right there. I am correct about <laughs> Caleb Ellaby. He had no linemen, so they just ran RPOs all, all game. Oh, it was, it was get not out of here. No, Eastern, He's and a Central, bum. Eastern and Central had better offenses. It's just how it is. They had better coordinators. Western Michigan, too many RPOs. Not good. Doesn't the work only, the only good football player on that football team was from Pittsburgh. Shout out to Sky Moore. He's a king. Uh, and he left for the NFL draft too early, but we still love him despite that. Yeah. Who's to you say? Like how, uh, how now, like the new thing is, like if you don't have a good offensive line, like every fan base just says, like, oh, we'll just run RPOs, like it'll be yeah. fine. 
It's cool. Um, it's 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 a good uh, development for offensive football to take, where everybody is just running the same exact dog shit because they can't. They just didn't recruit any offensive line. It's just like, yeah, we're just gonna throw slants every play. Yeah, it yeah. works really well. It's good. We're going we're going Penn State mode. <laughs> It's, right. so, it's so cool that Penn State couldn't find a second quarterback who could throw fucking slants. It's slants. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a backup quarterback? It's slants. It's Meanwhile, Will Davis. Levis is somehow like doing all right down in Kentucky. It's <laughs> like, how, how did you whiff on this entire situation? <laughs> what do you mean he can't throw an out route? He's a quarterback. <laughs> the only thing holding back like Penn State from like probably multiple Big Ten titles at this point, I mean, they got pretty lucky with the 2016 one, but they, they could have beaten Ohio State multiple times. Is just like not even a good offensive line, but like something that will stand in the way, and they've failed. They have not had yep. one good offensive line the entire time they've been. It's there. actually amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And they've recruited it really – I remember looking at like their uh, recruiting rankings when I was doing um, – like or trying to do season previews, but it was like they had like they have so many top 100 guys at offensive line, and it, they just all suck. It's it's so funny too because it's like 2017 and 2018; those teams absolutely could have won the the Big Ten, but both of them lose to Ohio State by one point. And I, I think it is entirely the offensive line that is that one point because it's like fourth quarter, both games, Penn State has a lead, and they just can't block any of Ohio State's yeah. defensive they, line. They run, they run like their offense is like very. It, it looks like a high school offense in that their quarterbacks and running backs are just like having to do it all themselves. And also they only have like three blocking schemes. Um, yeah. it, it looks like they're running a high school offense out there. Uh, Joe Moorhead was, was good, but Mike, I'm, I'm not a Mike Yurchich or your guy. I don't know how you say his last uh, name. But. I don't think he's a Mike Yurchich guy. Like there, yeah. there was no Mike Yurchich guys out there at this point. Uh, are there, are those guys still, are they around? I tried to caution friend of the show, Bill Filippo, about that before the season because he was talking. He, we were, I think we were at a crew game or something, and we were talking about Mike Yurcich. And um, Mike Yurcich, he's got the the famous coaching. You know, he's he's worked under offensive coaches such as Mike Gundy and Ryan Day, famously, who let their offensive coordinators call plays. And and so it's it's when you have the chance to hire an offensive coordinator like that, you have to take it. You know, this guy <laughs> has definitely called plays and isn't just getting coffee. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. like when um. That's like uh, Oregon getting uh, Dan Lanning, where it's like I remember like people were talking about like um, in the lead up to the to the Georgia uh, Michigan playoff game, people were like, "Oh, Dan Lanning being uh, uh, hired in Oregon is that going to be a distraction for this team?" And uh, I'm like, he's never called a play in his life. Like he's never even <laughs> he's never even seen the playbook. Like Kirby Smart is not letting he's he's <laughs> he's locked in a closet, not allowed to touch the playbook once the game starts. <laughs> yeah, you you are hiring the Brian Schottenstein of Nick Saban. Like you you this guy he's broke. He's got nothing. He's starting a Kickstarter to figure out how to recruit. Like this is this is meaningless. <laughs> You've got a copy of a copy. What are we doing here? Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Just a guy who is. Bad. Just a guy who sucks, which is great. And then, uh, <laughs> I mean, Kirk's. <laughs> uh, I think Kirk Soraka was better, right? They just fired him. Yeah. Well, Kirk Soraka. Yeah, but is, his. From what I've gathered, he was. He was. With. Also, his yeah. stuff's also bullshit. I want to point. I mean, yeah, he his, also is a bullshit coach. That, yeah. that that Minnesota 2019 offense was all jack shit. Um, yeah. Completely like that was 1,000 percent RPOs, and uh, it was. I mean, it worked because like nobody, you know, people were still fought, figuring out RPOs in 2019. But then as soon as people were like, oh, you can just like, as long as you, you know, bite on the, um, you, you crash the slant. Like when you see that run action, you can basically stop, you know, their entire game plan. Um, and even Don Brown figured that out in, in 2020. So he, like, he was still you know, using the wildcat. 
with Seth Green. God. Not that Seth Green. <laughs> that rocks. That's so cool. Man, there are like I'm I'm trying to think, are there any college football teams that run an offense that isn't Mickey Mouse? I think every offense is a Mickey Mouse offense now. We we have we Michigan, have unlocked Michigan doesn't yeah, run a Mickey Mouse offense right. because Mi- their blocking schemes are ridiculously weird. Yeah, Michigan is the only team that doesn't run a Mickey Mouse offense, and that's why also the service flip- academies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. And that's why flipping the field officially endorses Michigan football. Both of yes. us do laterally. Unbelievable. We, we did it. On. We did it. I did. I was laughing very heartily at a guy who I saw in the Ohio State message boards who is like complaining that uh that lincoln riley had a mickey mouse offense or <laughs> and wasn't like successfully developed nfl quarterbacks and i was like brother mm. like <laughs> you are you are looking in a mirror right now that is what you were looking at that is uh, ryan so, day you're talking about they're the same guy everyone's the same yeah, guy I, there's no new guys i have i have long held the opinion and by long i mean like for three years now that ohio state made fun of oklahoma so that's much what, that that's became- what two-thirds of your life yeah, that's right. It it just became Oklahoma. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys, how you how you hired Alex Grinch? You don't play any defense. And it's like you also hired Alex Grinch. You just got him as like the old version of <laughs> when Baker Mayfield planted Grinch. that flag. The Oklahoma just seeped into the field. Yeah, <laughs> God. <laughs> I had to get uh, revenge for bringing up just, Terrell it, Pryor that, earlier. Come by on. the way, that that own um that that own gets like worse and worse by the day as Baker Mayfield <laughs> becomes more yeah. and more uh, a suspect. Um, and cringe and soy for a team uh, that, that he... you know no Ohio State fans care about or anything. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, I mean Patrick, and also you got to think. I mean Patrick's statements on the on the Browns, you know, have just been aging better, you know, by by the week too. All of these, <laughs> all of these lovely Browns fans who were telling me, just absolutely convinced they were uh, Super Bowl contenders this year. Just you know, the most self aware people on earth for sure. Uh, I, it was I would awesome. Like... I would like the record to show that I have never liked Baker Mayfield and I was convinced that he was going to fall off uh, for like the last five years. So I, I'm vindicated in, in, in that at least. Uh, and I don't want to comment on the rest of the season. It's not my problem. I, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not real. If I don't think about it. Yeah. All I want to say is that when, when, when Jalen hurts uh, learns to throw to the middle of the field, it's over for you people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to okay. do it. When Jalen hurts learns to throw, he's going to be a crazy quarterback. Oh, he's going to yeah, go nuts no. out there. <laughs> he's uh yeah i mean I, I don't know in terms of mickey mouse offense like who do you define mickey mouse as like is it would not mickey mouse be like uh an nfl like a complex offense that like is more nfl style like what are you defining that as i, I don't think that the, the the like the more complex nfl stuff is is necessarily better it's just like the you know, taped together with like popsicle sticks, you know, it's just like, this is not really, it can't stand up to any sort of defensive adjustments. Like, you know, uh, the, 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 the one that I think of with Ohio state specifically is like the second half of the Clemson game where Ryan day's offense just gets the clamps put on it because he didn't know how to do anything other than, you know, the basic stuff that they were already doing. And it's, it's less a, it's less a specific player or specific playbook and more an ideology of we have one thing that we can do and that's it. It's just like the, we have, yeah. You know, 100%. it's it's, you know, well, Justin Fields is going to throw to the uh, outside of the hash marks down the field. And that's it. That's the one thing that he does. And it works really well. But then you play a team that has equal talent and it no longer works. And a lot of teams that don't have top five talent are doing basically the same thing where they have one thing that they do. I mean, it's the it's the Mike. Well, Leach it's just it's infuriating, right? Because like, what is the benefit? Like you're the, the one of the, okay. You're in a college football program. You have so much time to install offensive defense. Yeah. These guys, you have them for four years, right? You can do things that are way more complex than you do in the NFL. Most seasons, 
and, and they just refuse to actually try to do it because they think they're idiot college kids. But it's like, you know, the only thing we're going to worry about coaching is like back seven defensive schemes and throwing the football on offense. We're not going to worry about like, you know, how to stop the run. We're not worried about designing a new run game. We're not going to like try to teach the kids anything except like the most basic offensive line coaching. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to work on a hand technique. We're not going to learn anything. Larry, you know, like Larry Johnson's defensive lineman will learn one way for the next 10 years. I was about like, to say, this sounds like it's circling around there. specifically to one program. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I am complaining about the, my program, of course, as I always am. But like, I just think even the philosophy of like a lot of schools do this, where it's like they're, they're only to them, the idea of cutting edge and has for some reason meant this for the last 10 years is learning how to throw the football good. And <laughs> like, that's the only thing we're going to worry about yeah. ever. We're never going to learn anything else. We're not going to develop a complex run scheme. Like it's just an oversimplification of football because while it is true that obviously passing has become the most efficient way to advance the ball and is arguably the single most important thing in the game. That means they think it's the only thing in the game, which is just yeah. so frustrating to watch. I, I will say that as somebody who watched some of uh, Jim Harbaugh's earlier teams in detail, there, there is definitely a flip side where you can throw too many things at college kids, especially if, uh, say, you don't really run any of them particularly well. Um, yeah, so Jimbo I, Fisher is a great example of that too, where it's just like you gotta you gotta pick at least a couple things. Also, right? yeah. it, it also just, has a pace problem. Jimbo is a real pace problem too. Yeah, yeah. Tarball also had so, that for a while. So I think that um, I, I think that I totally agree. Like I think that so many college coaches are in the mindset of like this is the type of game we're going to get. It's like, we're going to, you know, run the ball and play defense or whatever. And it's not, sometimes it's like, Oh, we're going to pass the ball and like stop the pass or whatever. And it's like, you, you play 12 games in the season. You are, even if that's like a good plan generally for your team, you are going to be in a situation that requires you to deviate from that at some point. And that's what Harbaugh really struggled with. I mean, arguably still struggles with like he, he, you know, he beat Ohio state because he got in the right type of game that he wanted to get into. Right. Where he's like, Oh, they can't stop the run and we can, yeah. And we can keep running. But like, if that had become a, 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 um, you know, uh, a track meet, like I don't, I think they probably would have just like kept running the ball. And, um, and I think that a lot of college coaches, they're same way. Like I think Nick Saban's probably one of the only ones that like really feels like he can win many different types of games. Um, I thought Georgia had, I mean, weirdly kind of like did adjust, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, I guess, I guess that they were pretty much, yeah, defensively they did, I guess like pretty much every game that they won, they were ahead the entire way. So uh, whatever, but yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. It kind of stood out to me about like this past playoff. I think that the thing that sort of defined it was teams that had at least one part of their, of their team was dynamic and it, it wasn't just a static one ideology thing. Like obviously, you know, Georgia's thing was defense, but it was not that they had, you know, one dominant defensive player who they built everything around. They, they did a little bit of everything and they could adjust really well. Um, you've got, you know, Cincinnati does a little bit of everything on defense. Michigan does a little bit of everything on both sides of the ball. Um, Alabama is obviously Alabama. It's just, it's very funny that everybody has taken from the Saban era, uh, that, you know, the, the way to win is by, just accumulating as much talent as possible and then not teaching them anything beyond like four plays and not that uh, you have to be a, like a freak who is addicted to every single detail and, and, and making things as intricate as possible while also being able to boil it down in a way that, that players understand it. It's just, it's a very funny takeaway from Nick Saban is, Oh, we have to make things really simple. Yeah. That's what Nick Saban does. He, <laughs> he makes it really simple. Insane dude. People, people don't know what Nick's, I guess that's the thing also is, 
this comes back to the other problem we're talking about, which is everyone, including college football coaches, just don't know shit about football. And that's, right. uh, <laughs> that's why we're better than them. Besides, besides us. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we all know, um, even though I, every time uh, I see like any kind of X's and O's breakdown on Twitter, my eyes glaze over uh-huh. and I like literally am incapable of reading it. Um, yeah, I, I understand football. The, the, we're we're circling back yeah. to the, why we're all qualified to be the next Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, which is yeah. perfect, Levon. Here's the answer. Get stronger. If you're, if you're a football player, you listen to this podcast, lift some more weight. Get stronger. Quit, uh, <laughs> quit fucking around. <laughs> and, do, and do anything that you can to get stronger. Like literally yeah. uh-huh. no, no limits. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. It doesn't matter who gets hurt, what gets hurt. Maybe, you know, if you have a narrow stance or a wide stance, just start doing it. Just, just okay, let's not there. get crazy. <laughs> yeah. The important part is lifting as much weight as you can. If you have to uh-huh. arch your back like like a like a scared cat to get that weight up on the squat rack, that's that's okay. You can do it. That's that yeah. you still did a rep. Yeah. Listen, your bone might have gone through your thigh, but it doesn't matter. You lift yeah, if if you got down 10% with that squat, like if you maybe barely just creased your knees, that's a full rep and you should post that on social media. <laughs> all right, guys, this has been a blast, but we do have to get out of here because I, I, uh, I, I believe I'm taking all of you to go see Jackass with me. So we're going to go do mm-hmm. that. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to sneak my phone in and I'm just going to record the screen and we're going to, we're going to do a live watch of that. But um, I, I won't elaborate any further on this phrase, but I'm getting that MILF money tonight is my plan. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but before we do uh ace i will i will uh pass it to you here what do you have to plug uh where can people find you and then ryan and i will uh we'll do the same we'll get out of here you, you can find uh the bucket problem podcast wherever you get your podcasts and dan is one of our lovely co-hosts on that show uh and then you can find the rest of my work at thebucketproblem.com. uh it's too late to catch a 20 percent off promo by the time you're listening to this but i will certainly be running another one at some point so uh Stay tuned for that, especially if you are into um, Michigan's women's basketball run, uh, because that is currently pretty much the entire focus of the site right now. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's uh, that's a good focus to have. You can find our stuff at uh, Field Flipping on Twitter. Uh, Ryan's at B1G underscore Ryan. I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. My writing is at the Outside Zone newsletter on Substack, which is available for um, what was my price? $5 a month. I almost forgot how much my own newsletter cost. <laughs> Um, guys, this was a blast. Uh, thank you again for, uh, for coming on our show and also thank us for coming on your show. Um, we will, uh, we will have to do this again in November when Michigan beats Ohio state by 20 points and Ryan kills himself. Uh, and, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> no bucks. You may Allah have mercy on your soul. You, you are, we are waging a fat law against Patrick Mayhorn. Uh, uh, this is absolutely insane on my own, on my own damn show. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, yeah. I'll stop the recording. <laughs>